All right, everybody. So tonight on uh, Astro Zero Twitter Spaces, we have a very special guest. He's the 2020 Nature Photographer of the Year uh, by International Photography Awards, Ari Rex. How you doing, man? Everything going well tonight? Yeah, good, good. Thanks a lot. Thanks for giving me the opportunity to, um, yeah, to invite me to your space. It's I feel honored. Oh, no problem. Can you tell us a little bit about your background and what you got in, how you got into photography and uh, how later on you got into NFTs? Yeah, so it it kind of you know uh, I used to be a soccer player when I was young. Like uh, um, I was always interested in kind of the photography. My father had a little uh, had a, a Zorky uh, old. Russian camera um, and being uh, so I was born in Albania an ex-communist country um, not many people had these devices you know uh, so he, he, he was working in government as an official in the army and he had this because we had connections with Russia he had this little uh, Zorki camera I was kind of fascinated by it but uh, when I was young, my, my dream was to be a soccer player like my older brother. And that's what I did. I played soccer. Uh, and then um, after the communism, the, the uh, fall of the communism in, in Eastern Europe, uh, the fall of the Berlin Wall in Albania. Albania was one of the last countries that uh, converted to to democratic system and everything that was previously, um, it, it fell down, the, the country shut down. So everybody was just escaping the country. And I did the same, although it was a big, uh, higher part in my life playing soccer with, actually I was playing with the national team, the Albanian national team. And <laughs> everyone was escaped, so I escaped as well. I went to Italy in 1991. Uh, as a refugee, after two, three times of trying to get there and being captivated and going back, uh, uh, sending me back. Uh, the third time I smuggled, they, I was smuggled with uh, a fishing boat, <laughs> uh, standing between the walls of the of the fishing boat for twelve hours in dark, so the uh, so the guards wouldn't find us. So. And that was a successful attempt, and I, uh, I had four brothers in Italy. They came and rescued me. So I lived in Italy, uh, and I continued to play soccer there. Um, then I had an injury in my knee, and then I started doing uh, graphic design, something that I used to love. And, uh, yeah, later on, life to cut it short, uh, I immigrated to uh, Australia, and I was living in Melbourne. Uh, I was uh, doing other things like uh, building websites, and I was being a translator, and uh, all, always photography was like something that I used to do, but mostly I'm, like for enjoyment, was an hobby. So in 2010, I moved to Canberra, and uh, because my my wife is from here, so we we moved here. I, I found it uh, moved here from Melbourne, and it was quite um, quite more laid down place. I love the nature. And I was going out quite a bit, to explore the the night sky, and uh, the nature is beautiful here in in Canberra. And obviously, with uh, with my camera going around and exploring, and um, I didn't know many people here in Canberra, uh, so my camera was my best friend. And as I was exploring around, I found uh, you know I was getting much more interested in. Uh, until then, it was a hobby for me. In 2013, I uh, decided uh, after uh, getting some. Um, Posting some of my pictures online and getting some uh, work as well, I decided to. Um, then I decided to to get into uh, this hobby of mine a bit more seriously. So I um, I was lucky to have found a, a very um, well sought 
School of Photography here in Canberra. And um, in 2016, I finished with an advanced diploma of photography. In the meantime, I was doing a lot of works. Um, gen general, I did a lot of photography, like uh, start from wedding to events and uh, product uh, photography. And for about three, four years, uh, um, I was, uh, and I, I'm still sometimes commercial photographer. I do that uh, during the day. A lot of my clients, uh, I photograph for them. Um, I keep still, they call me and I photograph for them uh, when I see something really interesting. But um, yeah, for as um, one of my biggest uh, attractions to photography was my night photography. I was uh, spending, let's say, from 2014 to 2020, um, I was spending more of the winter nights out in, uh, in national parks here, which are beautiful, uh, really dark skies. And uh, slowly, slowly, I was entering comp competitions uh, to test myself, and um, I was getting quite a bit interested in, in uh, social media and in uh, interviews, and I was winning quite a bit of awards. I was um, doing pretty well, and then in last year, last year was like a big shift for me when I won the, the Nature Photographer of the Year, which I, I tell you the truth, I still can't believe it because you know it's a it's a huge competition. And um, um, previous to that, in 2019, I won the astrophotography uh, first place on uh, on the same competition. But um, yeah, someone else uh, got the, the nature photographer of the year. But I was quite happy to get the first in astrophotography. It's, it's a big achievement. And last year, I, I totally went like, because uh, I got a uh, uh, pretty... Uh, a lot of um, uh, yeah, my 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 work was. Uh, I got a lot of interest after winning the the title, um, and yes, until since since then, I I totally uh, concentrated myself a bit more in night photography, in astrophotography, and uh, uh, so that's my main uh, concentration at the moment. I teach uh, astrophotography since 2015 uh, here in Canberra. And um, yeah, I'm, uh, it's something that I really love it. I posted a picture earlier this year. I just posted um, this morning with the people there uh, with hands up and you can have a look at our amazing skies here in Canberra. So, yeah, this is pretty much my story, very concentrated. <laughs> but, yeah, if you have any questions, so, you know, I'll be more than happy to, to answer. So my question is, do you kind of know that you have the perfect picture before you even take it? Like, can you look at the landscape and see something and know that it's going to come out good before you even snap the shot? Well, uh, 100%. It's... Uh, when you when you look at the picture, like you know, we always think, oh, but any picture would I've done the same if I if I was there at the same time? You probably could, you know. Uh, the the thing is that with uh, especially night photography, you you have to visualize a bit, uh, kind of you you shoot. I basically shoot with uh, uh, with uh, uh, with considering all uh, parts of uh, the end product uh, uh, after the edit, you know? So I uh, usually when I shoot for astrophotography, I, I shoot a bit bright. I use a, a technique called ETTR, exposed to the right, uh, when I shoot uh, for single shot photographs. Um, so basically I'm exposing for, uh, for the darks. Uh, but keeping an eye on the highlights, uh, so my picture in the back of the camera, if you look at that picture that I just posted this morning with the people with hands up, uh, so what you see there, if you can bring it up, uh, that picture, it's uh, about 
a stop a stop and a half brighter than what it is so it's in other words it's brighter than what you see there as an end product so in in edit i just bring back uh, the exposure so yeah it's it's um, it's visualizing a picture before taking it um, it's it's quite important my my brain is always uh, exposing it's like 24 7 since <laughs> as soon as i go out uh, my brain keep <laughs> exposing and it's like a normal thing even if i go for <laughs> in grocery shop and i go out and i see i go in the afternoon and we have a beautiful um, elevated uh, shopping center near my place and sometimes there's some incredible uh, sunsets behind it and I'm, I just stop there and look at it and I take a picture with my brain, you know, it's, and sometimes with my camera, with my phone. So it's pretty important to visualize, um, uh, I mean, a picture you see it straight away with your eyes, you know, when you find an interesting uh, subject, a foreground subject, um, you can tell uh, how it, it is going to come. I mean, the foreground subject is, is basically the most important thing in astrophotography because the sky is basically the same, right? It, um, it, the Milky Way position can change according to uh, the, you know, whatever time of the year, uh, its location and, and time of the day, of the night that you are shooting. But uh, yeah, it's it's a foreground that makes uh, your picture uh, different. To uh, that makes makes the picture. The, the first eye, uh, the 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 first thing the people see when they see an astro photograph, they see the beautiful colors. I mean, a nightscape of the Milky Way, and then they go inside the picture, and that's like an invitation, right? But then they go in and they want to see something else, and and then um, they look at the foreground. And that's what uh, will help uh, will will keep the people stay in the photograph. So every um, and that's why nightscapes are quite you know uh, they they have a lot of techniques, but. Every time you put, uh, there is a, a subject in front of, uh, uh, in the foreground, like when, when there is a person, example, uh, that's another uh, level of difficulty and interest uh, because you have to make that person stand out so it, it can be seen. It's hard to, to show a person with a massive Milky Way and make it stand out. So that's an extra level of difficulty that makes the people the the uh, picture more interesting. And yeah. where is the yeah? I, I saw that you did that with uh, the one picture that you have holding Jupiter. Uh, it says that you have one of your uh, photography students standing in the forefront, looking like they're actually grabbing the planet. Yes. Because it has, you have the whole night landscape behind it, but then you have the focal point of your student, too. So um, that seems like it, it takes a lot of planning to do something like that. Do you have to keep yelling to them, like, shift left, shift right, shift left? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when you look at those pictures, you know, you should imagine, like, if um, if you look at the pictures, um, when, especially with that picture, particularly with uh, with uh, Jupiter, it's actually a little star that it can't be seen in the back of the of the of the of the, on the screen or the camera. Uh, you can see just a tiny bit, like a bright thing, and it was quite bright. So yeah, there is a lot of left, right, uh, and um, you, a lot of tests and and. I jumped there as well after I took a picture of her, and I, at that point, because the Earth rotation, the the core was rising, right, the whole thing. So the camera was going lower and lower, and I jumped in because I'm a bit taller than her. And then she started clicking it, and and yeah, my uh, my shots are a bit further away. So I was lucky. To, it's also important to be in the back of the camera, you know, but. Yeah, the, uh, to get it so precisely, there is a lot of tests 
and not just that that is like you need uh, there is probably 12 shots there that i tried and that is the best one that i am showing there but for every kind of uh, like this kind of shots there is a lot of shots in between you know it's not only one shot and sometimes i i also it's like a thing i have with uh, when i go out shooting that i take one shot and then you take another probably five or ten shots just uh, for the other possibility of hopefully uh, getting a meteor uh, striking, you know? And it's very rare because, you know, uh, it's not that easy. But if it can happen, it has happened uh, a couple of times and has been amazing. You know? <laughs> to yeah, get it in one shot is like uh, winning a lottery, basically. Yeah, both, both my brother and myself, uh, we both do amateur astronomy, so we have telescopes. And uh, some of the people that are in the astronomy club, they also do like astral photography and stuff like that. And I, uh, I can't stress enough how much pressure is put into getting the perfect shot because stuff it doesn't stay there forever. You you really have to time things perfectly. You have to be out at the right time of night. You you yeah. have to be in all different types of weather, whether it's super hot out or super cold. There's there's a lot of calculations into getting the right shot on the night sky. Yes, yes, it's uh, there is quite a lot of things that have to come together. That's definitely for me. It, it has become like a procedure, a thing. Like you know, a couple of months ago, I posted a, how I did a picture from ground and now, and I I kind of wrote wrote a book <laughs> on a post. <laughs> It, it couldn't hold the, the post anymore uh, on on Instagram, and I had to cut it down. But yeah, it, it takes um, a bit of calculations um, to get to the right time and the right moment. Because uh, yeah, that's one of the things. I mean, there is other possibilities that you can do, uh, like when you replace the sky, and you know, you see a lot of photographs. Um, that um, you can actually go during the day and take a picture and then you replace the sky, you know, and that's quite easy, you know. But uh, to get uh, the, the, you know, uh, the highest quality and getting there on the right time, it's, um, it's, it's quite important, you know. I, I myself sometimes, like when I do certain shots, because I also sell... Uh, uh, prints um, it's a, a big part of my business and to get uh, the, the the noise free shot without using any pro, uh, program you know because there's not nothing like noise free shot on the camera um, you know the you see the, the if you look at noise free shots that are done by the program uh, you lose a lot of details in a, in a brightest and darkest area of the Milky Way. Uh, it might look, you know, most of people, only photographers go very close to the picture and look at the pixels, you know. <laughs> I do that myself. But uh, most of people look at the picture a bit further out and you'll be able to still see the uh, details on the picture um, by when you view it, you know, a big print. So it's it's important to, to make it on camera. And sometimes you have to shoot in blue hour to uh, to get the, the, the proper shot and wait probably a couple of hours until the Milky Way uh, rises to the position and then you shoot the Milky Way uh, by tracking it. You use a, a tracking device um, where you align the tracking device to the uh, earth axis um, and then with the ball head on top of the, the uh, tracking device you uh, shoot the Milky Way separately um, in that way you get a very high quality picture with the low noise of the Milky Way and then you can blend the two pictures together uh, but you have to be careful when you do such a thing because um, when you look online, like um, most of the pictures that are done in this way, there is a different structure, uh, the, the, the 
quality of the foreground with the sky doesn't match. I mean, it look it looks fine on on the uh, little screens or view it on tablets and stuff, but you will see that when they print it big or when they are in high resolution picture, um, you you would be able to see a big difference between foreground and sky, and it doesn't look that natural anymore. So that's something that. You see it only on a high-end uh, uh, Milky Way, uh, I mean, nightscapes, pictures where everything just matches, you know? Do you, do you, whoa, do you encounter a lot of light pollution in Australia? I, I live outside New York City, so it's terrible with all the city lights. But yes. How, yeah. Yes, that's, uh, that's obviously it's one of the biggest things, the light pollution. Most of us, we live in um, in... Um, high density areas uh, obviously Sydney uh, it's it's crazy and Melbourne but here in Canberra we are quite quite lucky uh, in terms of light pollution you'll be able to photograph the Milky Way uh, right in the middle of the city I've, I've done it many times um, obviously when the Milky Way is not so low it has to be around the middle of the sky and uh, with the a technique that I used, that I told you before, with the ETTR uh, exposed to the right, you'd be able to capture it in one shot. But obviously, you know, shooting in a, a light pollution area, there is a lot more techniques involved. It's easier to go in a dark um, um, location. But uh, yeah, that that is a must. Uh, you need to go to. Um, to a very dark, uh, polluted, uh, artificial light polluted area, and you have, you also have to take in consideration the the density, uh, the intensity of the moonlight. So, uh, because the the, the, the brighter uh, the moon at night, it's like <laughs> the full moon is like you know, it's like. Uh, yeah, taking a sunlight, uh, you get moonlight. With the cameras um, being so, um, uh, the sensors so sensitive, we will push them up to the maximum with these big lenses that attract a lot of light. And they uh, they can capture uh, every uh, things that we can't see. You know, with a long exposure, they can record a lot of of uh, of light not seen by the eye, so um, you have to take that in consideration, definitely. And also the quality of the air, you know, uh, being close, like you have to be in elevated areas. Uh, many of uh, professional and people that do this for a while, they know that the higher you are from a sea level, or, you know, there's a lot of reaction on the, on the ground um, that we can't see. We, we might see blue sky during the day, but at night, um, it's all, you know, when you look at the shot, it's like you, you live in a, in a, uh, inside the room, uh, foggy. It's like very foggy, you know. So the, it has to do elevation. Um, the, the cold helps a lot. So that's why most, I start workshop when, um, my workshops, um, also because of the Milky Way location uh, after the sunset. Um, so it works out pretty well for uh, here in Canberra. Uh, to, I start in uh, April my workshops and finish in, in um, early November. Because of that, you know, the, the quality of the air is much cleaner during the winter. And obviously, as you know, here in Australia, all the seasons are upside down compared to the rest of the world. So when now um, it's second here, but in uh, in your location, it's in USA, it's first. So yesterday, first, uh, we started summer <laughs> here in Australia. So it's, it's pretty warm. Even today, it's pretty warm here. Hey, Tess, do you have a question for Ari? Yeah, hi guys. Hi, um, Ari. Thank you so much for uh, making up this um, this session this morning. Um, 
Ari, um, nowadays we know that um, for your photos to stand out from the crowd, um, your photos has to be eye-pleasing and they have to be so catchy. And I'm not sure if, if you agree with this statement, but some people are saying that digital art or photography nowadays is not about photography alone. It's, it's like a combination of both um, post-processing and uh, photography techniques. So I have two questions for you. Um, how much weight are you giving to the post-processing? This is my first question. My second question is within the same lines. Do you think if um, if I'm shooting in film uh, and I will not be doing any post-processing um, in a dark room, that I might be getting the same um, the same catchy and eye-pleasing um, results? So, yeah, those are my um, couple of questions for you. Uh, hi, Tamer. Thanks. Thanks for um, a very interesting questions uh, that uh, you are asking. Uh, so, for the first one, I put uh, how much weight do I put on pictures in terms of processing and everything? How much, you know, uh, uh, it's important uh, capturing and post editing and uh, that. I must tell you, everything is important. Uh, but the most important part of everything is what we spoke earlier with Dave about um, getting on the right time, right location, right intensity of, you know, there is other things are much more important than post-editing. Um, I, I don't spend much in post-editing. It's like very quick. I, I get head headaches if I spend more than two minutes in one shot, like in editing, you know. Uh, so the pictures have to be right on the camera. Uh, so post-editing shouldn't be uh, uh, where you rely on. It would if you should, if you take a picture, you know, you haven't done your, instead of going uh, 100 kilometers from your location, you go 10 kilometers because you have to come home. Then obviously you have to spend more time on post-editing to clean it up. And, and uh, you know, there is a lot more techniques involved. So you spend more time on pictures that uh, aren't uh, captured right in the first place. Right? So, uh, like what I said, when I shoot pictures in... Uh, in uh, uh, The one that I... Uh, um, I shot above camera, there is a full Milky Way arch capturing on top of the city. It's, uh, I, I got surprised myself. But if you look at that picture, it actually won a couple of awards uh, as well. It's uh, that... In that picture, because I had to stitch it as well, and every frame has to be uh, the right when you stitch it again, so you don't see lines, dark lines and stuff, you know. So it was quite a, uh, I spent quite a bit of on time of, of putting that picture together. But I'm talking about from what I usually spend, like two minutes. I spent probably another uh, seven minutes. So <laughs> at the maximum. Uh, that I spent in editing is about 10 minutes uh, for a shot. And sometimes it's less than uh, 30 seconds. Uh, we're talking about pictures that are right on the camera, straight out on, uh, uh, on, uh, on the right location, uh, single shots. You spend probably another minute or two to, to blend it together in Photoshop when you shoot uh, separate foreground and sky and then blend it together uh, and that will take probably another three minutes so uh, with a blended shot you take a total of maximum five minutes right um, and for the second question uh, in which is uh, with what I remember how much uh, like someone that hasn't gone um, doesn't do this uh, professionally, like goes once in a while to shoot outside if they can get the, a good picture out of the camera. Um, yes, that <laughs> it's actually most of the people that come to my workshops are people that have never shoot at night. And they 
they get the picture straight out of the camera. <laughs> and they just post it and they uh, they get quite a bit of interest and, and they are hooked, uh, like many of them get hooked onto that and they do it again, you know. So it's quite important to, to get the shot straight, Tamer. Uh, on the on the camera, you don't need um, uh, much to spend much time in post editing. Uh, and for the, another reason, like you're always gonna need uh, post editing. Most of my work I edit, I use uh, Lightroom most of the time. The only time I use Photoshop is when I do the uh, the stitching. Not the stitching, because uh, the, when I blend the, the sky with the foreground. So things that you can't do in Lightroom, um, you, you use uh, Photoshop for that. Um, so most of the pictures, are, are, uh, uh, all the pictures, you're going to need to post, uh, do the editing on them. Because uh, even if you take during the day, I shoot only in RAW. And in night photography, you, you must shoot in RAW. Um, so you need to edit the picture because the raw file, it's, it's you know you need the JPEG. To, uh, the, the last uh, the end product is, is a JPEG. So yeah, uh, regardless of, of um, what you do on the raw file, you have to you, you have to edit the picture, you know. Um, but you don't. Have, <laughs> there is no much changes that you do to to edit uh, the picture. From what it actually looked in in uh, when you looked at it, you know, like when you look at the picture, like the one that I posted there with the hands, people with uh, hands up. That's what we saw. That's what I saw with my eyes. Now, obviously, the camera can can record more details because of a long exposure, but uh, that's what what the scene was, you know. So. Uh, Many picture, many people that you see uh, in uh, in the subjects that are putting their hands up, um, those that had cameras that um, and lenses that um, uh, could capture clear shot, uh, fast aperture, good quality lenses, and full frame cameras, those those got better shots than the ones that. Uh, had uh, a crop sensor of ten years old with uh, kit lens, you know, obviously. So that is a, a an important part too. You know, I would like if I say you know, like if you look, uh, many people say you don't need a high end camera for astrophotography. Now, of course, you you can capture um, even with a kit lens and and you track the sky and you blend the pictures together and you know. But there is a lot more techniques involved. You know, so gear is it 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 is important to to have good quality gear in astrophotography. So everything counts, uh, Tamer. Like, it's quite important to, uh, to... They all come together to bring the final product. Everything counts, you know? How long ago did you get into NFTs and how long have you been, uh, been minting them? I started in, uh, in uh, September. So this is my story of NFTs. Um, my son, I have a son when I was living in Italy, you know, uh, he's a social media, he likes social media and stuff. And he, he asked me because um, he was looking all this um, um, uh, photography and, and stuff on NFT. He's like, Dad, you should, uh, you should check that out, you know. And I'm like, okay. So I had a little bit of a... Um, a look around and without knowing how important, uh, like uh, having a, um, uh, with Twitter uh, is quite important in, in in NFT stuff, you know. So I thought, okay, I went and checked a bit what is there in uh, OpenSea to see where my work stands, and then I thought, okay, well, I'll. Um, I chose some of pictures that I'm really uh, uh, that yeah all my pictures have a story all pictures have a story and, and there is a, almost a book to write for each of them you know but yeah I chose a, a good uh, collection of, of pictures to post 
and I posted them without uh, because I thought, okay, I have a bit of followers in in Facebook uh, and Instagram and Facebook group. It's about forty thousand all up, and I thought, okay, well, uh, there should be someone who just have my pictures, and and I posted them, you know. And then I realized that uh, I should have done a little bit more research to post my my first collection because, um, yeah, uh, like I I didn't realize at the start that um, you know my my Twitter was fifty people in September uh, followers. It it's uh, an account that I basically um, I woke it up. <laughs> Uh, it was uh, in hibernation mode for for ten years. Basically, I was using it as as a share from Instagram straight, and I still do. But yeah, it's uh, this is my story of, of NFT, and what I found is that uh, uh, I entered with uh, on Twitter uh, to uh, promote a bit more my my NFT work, and then. And then I discovered spaces, and 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 that was actually the most something bigger than even the NFTs that I enjoy uh, exploring, and I found it really interesting uh, because yeah, the spaces are more for me are more more important than than NFTs in, itself. You know, there's nothing like uh, connecting with people that think the same and do the same thing or people that have uh, similar interest, interests and um, uh, connecting and talking to them. Like I'm talking now, this is, you know, uh, I love it. And yeah, even now, like it's, it's beautiful. Have you made any mistakes or had any difficulties since you started minting NFTs? I've done, yes. So uh, I've, Hit. That's a great question, actually. Thanks for uh, putting that. So I've done, uh, I'm still making mistakes. <laughs> I've done so many mistakes. Like one of them is like I was looking at what people uh, uh, want, are more interested, like collectors or people that are interested on this picture, you know, what are they more interested uh, are they more interested of how hard and uh, this and that to make this picture, like um, uh, in which is something that for us is part of life, you know, to get the high quality, it's simple, to get the high quality picture of the Milky Way, I already know by looking at one picture what it has gone through <laughs> to get that picture, you know, especially when they tell me the location uh, that um, uh, yeah, most of people do. That gives me another, you know, uh, I calculate straight away the difficulty there, you know. So at the beginning, I started writing a bit of that, but um, now all those stories, if you look at my posts on, on, on Instagram and Facebook, uh, I try to connect more of with, with the story behind the image than than the technical part. Not many people are interested on technical part. I can write books for, for technical parts and never finish with one picture. So I wasn't sure of what to write in my in my um, in my description because obviously it doesn't allow you much what to put there. So yeah, that was my first mistake, and uh, and then I tried to. Uh, I did some editing. I removed some stuff that I was writing there about technicalities, and I wanted to uh, write. And I'm still uh, undecided of what to put there. You know, I wish they could give us more, um, more uh, space to write about the uh, the, the story and and you know every, everything. You know, there is a lot of work that goes behind every image, and yeah, um, I love to, to to write it all. You know, so that that's one of the things. And this other thing that I said earlier that I probably should have uh, I see now that many people um, before they post their collection, they uh, hype it up, and 
you know, they put it there, oh, this is all going to happen in, during this time. So I didn't do that. I just posted there, and I'm like, okay, here is my work, you know. And then, like, I get uh, beautiful reviews and this and that, but, yeah, uh, I probably should have uh, had a bit uh, more research on, 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 on uh, you know, I mean, I, I knew a little bit of that. The, the, the thing is that I'm a full-time, like, um, there is, um, it's a bit hard to do everything in time, you know. I have my work. Uh, this is all I do, you know. Photography is all I do. But I have my, during the day, I do my, uh, you know, my commercial work and and uh, my selling uh, of my pictures, my website. I'm, I, I do that all myself. And then on top of that, you know, my, my little uh, star that was born in the 1st of September. So these last three months have been a bit, uh, most of my posting and uh, those times that I've been on space, I've been with, with uh, Trixie, my daughter, on me. <laughs> so, yeah. So how, do you, how do you go about deciding how much you're going to charge for each one of your NFTs. Do, do you do it based on the amount of time it takes to photograph? Because in Southern Star Trail, for example, it says you did 600 shots over a seven-hour period. So is that how you kind of determine, like, this is the value yeah. of a particular piece versus this is the value of that piece? Yeah, um, that's a great question. Thanks for, for uh, uh, asking that. So... I I'm, I don't go much on um, on uh, on the time and what it took to to get that picture because um, that you know I I can never match that so uh, it's it's quite you know it would be quite a bit more expensive if you calculate the time that I use to charge uh, like when I do my uh, uh, commercial work when I get the job. Um, um, like in a couple of days, well, the weather is a bit funny. I have to do an, an, uh, an outside cinema. It's called Sunset Cinema. So I do the photography here at the night. Uh, I have to do some night photography of the, uh, of the um, uh, uh, cinema in outside, right? And I calculate that in terms of... Uh, the, the, the time spent and it what it takes me, which is much higher if I go without calculation on my picture uh, of the Milky Way, if I charge by that time. So I'm this is the way I, I put on uh, uh, the price that I put my NFTs. I looked at the other works there and uh, and I I based a bit on that. Um, but so that was my main thing based on what what is actually there the quality of the pictures that are already there on some pictures I also uh, factor it in the uh, how rare that picture is to take uh, that I know some of the pictures if you take in single shot they are almost impossible to take because there is a lot of work when you uh, um, try to get that in one picture, and also for some of them, that couple of pictures when I visited um, uh, Doha in 2018, um, that's factored in a little bit of uh, uh, my uh, time spent to, to find those uh, 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 locations and being far from you know anyone. So uh, it's a mix, mostly. Uh, my pictures are based on what work is there, and I know that uh, I can't go lower than what I have now. <laughs> you know, how they say, I better burn them, you know. Um, and uh, uh, so the value of my work is based on the quality of the pictures um, that is out there with factoring uh, other uh, um, things 
as well, you know, uh, like the time spent. There is a picture that my, my most expensive one that is uh, the Pro- Prometheus Rising. To take that picture, it's three years, right? But to take that picture, I, I nearly died. <laughs> it was night. Going, if you read the story there, you know, uh, it's about 100 kilometers from my place. So to get there, I had, uh, I went about um, 10 times to take that just one picture. Um, and I wasn't still happy with the end product. So I had to buy a lens on purpose to take that picture and go back there, risk it all again. And to, to stay there on top of, of the rock and uh, I on top of the waterfall, which is about 50 meters down uh, straight on the rocks, I had to dive myself in in, in winter after my waist to, to go there on top with my backpack and take a picture of myself again. <laughs> so it's easy if you... You can do that yourself by just photoshopping myself there. But no, that picture is... Uh, so the foreground with me and, and the waterfall, is it's one picture itself. And obviously the explosive uh, Milky Way, it's another picture because that is done by zooming your lens while it is exposing. Uh, but that's it. Yeah, That's how that picture is made. So a bit of... Um, uh, I could have lost my life there, you know, in the middle of nowhere. Probably people will find me, you know, a few days later. Who knows, you know? <laughs> so uh, the the question that I've been waiting to ask you is when you were, when you won the International Photography Award for Best Nature Picture, how did you get discovered? Um, did you submit something to them or was this something that they found through your social media? How did you go? Oh. For it? Okay. So um, the picture that has got a story on its own, the picture that I won the, the uh, Natural Photographer of the Year, it's the uh, it's actually the uh, lightning uh, Black Mountain is called with the lightning. I might uh, post it up here. Uh, how can I post it? I wish uh, they had uh, a chat uh, thing that you can post straight pictures onto this. But yeah, my picture that won the first place is uh, lightning. It's uh, it's a crazy lightning uh, storm that happened in Canberra in 2019, January. So this is what happened with that picture. I did I I didn't think much of the picture first. I mean, it, it went crazy uh, on social media and stuff, but in terms of, um, you know, uh, when I enter in competitions, I I choose generally a little bit, you know, less intense pictures, you know, uh, and I didn't think much of it. But a couple of months, and that's why I took it in January, uh, the picture, and uh, I didn't enter it in any competition in that year. And about a couple of months uh, before the competition ended in, in 2020, which was October, so about uh, August or July, uh, something like that, I posted uh, this picture because of, um, uh, yeah, I posted it in my social media. And something crazy happened that has never happened to me before. So it got picked up by really big accounts uh, that have uh, millions of people following. So the picture went crazy in uh, in social media, uh, like really crazy. And I thought, you know what? So in 2020, my goal was to enter and win again the astrophotography. Um, and to hold the title, kind of. <laughs> so I posted most of the picture astrophotography uh, of my astrophotography, in which that that year didn't get uh, not even it got a couple of uh, uh, honorable mentions, uh, but I it didn't win any place. So 
with the lightning shot, I just I just put it there, and I thought, all right, I put this uh, as well as gone. Many people were saying you should put, you should, you know, this is a winner, winner, this and that, you know. So I didn't think much of the picture, but when I got uh, uh, when I got the win and I read the emails because they send you an email, I get it in the morning, and I'm like, oh, I didn't get much. And there was an email there, congratulations, uh, you won this, and I, I'm like. <laughs> this can be happening. <laughs> um, so that one won the seasons. I entered it in the seasons uh, category. So um, IPA, International Photography Awards, is a massive, it's one of the biggest in the world uh, competitions. So they have uh, they have 13 categories for the nature that you have to win one of those and one of the 13 winners like I was in the previous year, the astrophotography in 2019, uh, go go on to win the title uh, for another draw. And whoever wins uh, out of these 13 categories win the big title, in which that's what happened to me. So I, it won the seasons, and then it got in draw, and a month later won the big uh, nature photographer of the year, and I tell you the truth, I, I still can't believe it because it's one of those things that, you know, um, if you look at uh, like photography competitions, there are many people, you know, uh, there is uh, a difference on winning uh, an award as, uh, you know, um, you win honorable mention, um, um, this and that, but winning first, second or third, that's totally different ballgame, you know. <laughs> Because yeah, with this competition, it's like fourteen thousand entries. You know that were that year, so it's you feel really special, and yeah, the amount of uh, media exposure, social media, and uh, everything. I got interviewed and on TVs in Albania. I became famous basically <laughs> overnight. Uh, so. Here in Canberra, big newspapers, the biggest one here, uh, made a big uh, uh, interview on on page, and yeah, get uh, um, my work totally blew out completely. So <laughs> I'm really pleased with that. That's really awesome. I, I was uh, I, I saw the picture with the lightning. I don't even know how the hell you got a picture like that in. It, it's really like that that seems like it was like a once in a lifetime picture that you were able to snap because there's the the whole entire sky is lit up it must be must be 15 or 20 lightning bolts striking the ground at the same time. it's, it's yeah. I, I, if, if we have time uh, i can tell you a little bit about that picture because i can also you know uh, it uh, there there is that one percent is social media that they they throw that, you know, oh, fake, this and that, you know. But that picture is actually completely, as as the camera captured it, you know. Uh, these lightning bolts, they are pretty um, awesome here in Canberra. And um, to get that picture, you know, when you see a, a, a lightning picture like that, there is a lot of things going on to capture that. And... Um, Planning is one of the most important things, like in you know night photography, like astrophotography as well. You know, so to take that picture, when people say it's fail, you put that together. So this is how that picture is done, uh, and I explain it there. But you can't write much on uh, on a uh, picture there uh, on the details. So to get that picture, I did something that um, I've never done it before. So I chose um, a long focal length. Um, lens 70 to 200 uh, because on the location that I placed myself so this is how it goes when the storm comes you have to you know many people go where like sometimes you get caught on it but I am at the at the uh, uh, at the um, composition that I want uh, right before the storms comes in my way, you know, so I'm ready. I'm start shooting when the storms is coming, and I keep shooting. And if it passes over me, obviously I hide. But if it passes on sight, then you put the lens that you want, which happened this time to put the 70 to 200 because it shifted a bit uh, on the on the on uh, on the left. It didn't come towards me, so that's why 
it was a great choice to bring uh, that lens with me. And uh, that compressed a bit the scene. So you see the lighting and, and the mountain, the Black Mountain. Uh, and the lighting looks like it happened right on top of Black Mountain, but it actually happened probably a few cases behind it. <laughs> and the compression of lens made the image quite a bit more... Uh, 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 it made it more interesting, you know? So there is... Uh, those pictures, uh, that picture is made out of about 16 lightning bolts that happened within uh, about four minutes. So the camera was shooting in a tripod. And uh, uh, people, uh, like I was reading there, people is like, oh, so many light bulbs. Now, in those four minutes, so you, um, I, I posted once, uh, or, like what happened that night. It was crazy. Um, there were, I had about 50 shots, 50 lightning bolts. So I chose, and some of them, there were some huge ones that blew out the whole scene. But I removed those uh, lightning bolts, the big ones, and I left the ones that, uh, that were forming uh, that picture that you see, you know? So I was playing around with removing the ones that uh, would uh, make the picture not interesting in my eye. And I left the ones that are uh, that uh, had a bit a better structure. So that's how that picture was made. And some people think that oh, you spend a lot of time in in Photoshop, but believe it or not, that picture is made by uh, no more than five clicks in Photoshop, and then brought back to Lightroom and edited another probably two minutes there. So uh, all I did in Photoshop, so these frames that I selected, I put them together. It's something that you can't do in Lightroom. Uh, you align the, the picture together. So you just highlight, that's one click, uh, all the, all the, all the uh, layers, all the frames. Uh, you align them, and then you click them, uh, the blending mode to uh, lighting, lighten. And that's it. It's done. So about three, three clicks in maximum. And then uh, you save it and it goes back to Lightroom. And that's where you do some final adjustments of light of, uh, of uh, light and colors. And believe it or not, I removed, desaturated quite a bit the picture. It looks because it's quite busy picture, you know. It looks very colorful, colorful but if I left it with the colors of the picture, it would have been much, much more saturated. Yeah, and yeah, believe it or not. <laughs> I absolutely love that picture. Hey, if anybody has yeah. anything that they want to ask Ari, or if you want to come up to the box and just say hi, uh, feel free to raise your hand. Uh, we're going to wrap up here in a few minutes. So I just wanted to, uh, if anyone that, uh, wants to have the opportunity to talk to them, feel free and just raise your hand or come on up. So Ari, I have a question for you. Somebody that, who, like yourself who's overcome like a lot of adversity in life where you migrated from Albania to Italy and you had to go across on a fishing boat and then you came over into Australia and you started up your life there and you got into doing a specific job you really love doing in photography. What's a, what's a little bit of advice that you could give to somebody that, that feels like they kind of have their back up against the wall and um, need a little bit of encouragement to persevere? Um, really, like, uh, you know, life, life uh, it, it, it can be hard for, for anyone, you know, but we, we, we're all survivors in this life, you know. Um, you just have to uh, kind of look the positive out of, you know, all the things. Like what we see out there is, is mostly what, uh, what uh, there is a saying, you know, what you see is what you are. It's not what it is. And, and that, that is kind of true in terms of you. Basically, you create your own reality, you know. You look at one thing, uh, we look at it with... Uh, with a different perspective, perspectives, you know, and try to get the positive out of it. 
in, in life. With anything that happens to you, there is always something positive, you know. And um, to achieve what you want in life, the most important thing is is hard work together with loving what you do, you know. So first of all, if you you know you have to love something, you have to you have it has to make your your heart pump, yeah. And but that's not enough. Uh, there is a lot of work to to that you must do to to uh, to achieve your goals. You know, it, don't don't stop yourself on just you know you love something. I mean, everybody loves something. You know, we we all love what we do, but it's how much work you put on it. So um, that that is. Uh, these two together, they go together, you know. Uh, never back down. Just, just work hard, and and you know what? Even if you know you don't make it, like when I look back at, at things, you know, in my photographic career, like I have had heaps of fun. When I go out there, I'm I'm in middle of you know minus two three degrees, and with my friends kangaroos in the middle of nowhere, and under the stars and I freeze and sometimes I run just to warm up myself you know because it gets so cold standing um, and you, you go and it the experience is just you know it's beautiful you know um, so the worst case scenario you'll get you know you'll pass an awesome time from doing what you love and it doesn't matter you know and then you know we live in the in times where, eh, you know, most of the people that have internet, they have food, no matter what quality of food, you know, at the end of the day, you have somewhere to put your head and food, and that's the most important thing, you know, everything else is just, you know, hyped up, it's nonsense, you know, <laughs> you don't need much in life to enjoy yourself, eh? you know, I just, yeah. Yeah, you really have to also love what you're doing. I mean, that's that's really the most important thing. I think that's what brings joy to a lot of people that, you know, they, they don't have that nine to five that they hate or they don't have that boss that they have to deal with every day. I think I think it's really liberating for somebody to be able to do something that was really a dream of theirs and could actually make a living with it. And um, I'm very happy for you that you were able to do that, you know, coming over so much adversity. Um, yeah. We're getting... yeah, thanks a lot, man. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. We're getting towards the top of the hour, so um, we're going to start wrapping this up. Uh, I just wanted to thank you for coming out here and talking with our community tonight. And also, congratulations on uh, your baby daughter that you just brought into the world a couple months ago. Um, really, really awesome. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure you guys are going to have a lot of photographs to share with, uh, with your daughter years to come from now. So that, that's really great, man. And uh, I just wanted to thank you again for coming out and talking to our community. Congratulations on winning the uh, the International Photography Award um, last year. And, you know, you were, you were great. I really appreciate you coming out here, Ari. Well, I really appreciate you. Uh, uh, for you having me here, Dave, it's, it's really... Uh, beautiful to be able to talk uh, and being on like on i feel myself on stage i'm not used to you know uh, talking in public you know but yeah I, it's been beautiful i want to thank uh, everyone that listened and 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 uh, uh, came and joined us i really appreciate your time and i hope you have a, a fantastic uh, uh, night or day wherever you are and i hope to see you soon some some other time Thank you, Dave. Thank you so much. And, and everybody here, if you could follow Ari on Twitter, let's build up his uh, his Twitter followers. And he has a link tree on there. You could check out his Instagram, his OpenSea. You could check him out on Facebook and, uh, you know, check out all the great stuff he does. And uh, once again, just wanted to thank you for coming out, man, uh, being a part of our community for tonight. And don't be, don't be shy. We do these Monday through Friday. So whenever you want to come out and join one of our spaces, feel free. You're always welcome. Yeah, I... I, I, when I see it, I, it catches me uh, most of the time when i in the middle of my work and stuff, and sometimes I want to turn it on. But, yeah, I, I do my best, man. I, I love uh, especially being in your spaces. Um, this is, I, I, like, I feel home. You know, 
it's every astrophotographer or all those that love astrophotography um, should do uh, what you are asking and I'll do it as much as I can be there in, in your space and you know connecting and talking about uh, you know what we love and what we do all right well thank you very much Ari um I don't know if uh, Nate's going to keep the spaces open. I have to run. I have some stuff to do. But I appreciate you coming out. And uh, thank you again. Thanks, everybody, for coming to the space and for this past hour. And, uh, yeah, have a great night, everybody. Thank you so much.